Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that, that seems to be the decision. All down. Road. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. Presented by CNT Services. Here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. Happy Monday, a beautiful Monday, a beautiful week, actually, leading up to what looks like a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. I know, I just pulled the Rich France card. I probably jeopardized everything now, but we'll continue to keep our fingers crossed. Let's get into a jam-packed show tonight. Mark Shook, Ryan Lanford coming up. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. How about North Wilkesboro? I got to tell you, I agree with everybody that said NASCAR fans wanted throwbacks. They wanted to go back to the days of old, you know, bring back the classic NASCAR. Well, you got it. In the words of Kyle Larson, you got a regular old-fashioned ass whooping, and that's exactly what the old-fashioned NASCAR was. Larson out to almost an 11-second lead at one point in North Wilkesboro in the All-Star Race. Ended up getting the win by about four seconds when it was all said and done over Bubba Wallace on Sunday. And uh, also, by the way, should we mention, Kyle Larson has won this week on Tuesday with the High Limit Sprint Car Series. They were at Wayne County Speedway down in Ohio. Picked up the win there in dominating fashion. Then won the Truck Series race. Uh, down at North Wilkesboro, did that pretty handily, and then, well, we all kind of saw, like we just talked about, what happened during the NASCAR Cup Series event on Sunday for their uh, for their All-Star race at North Wilkesboro. So Kyle Larson, an absolute madman, and, and a really busy week for him as well. Uh, how about the ASA Stars National Tour, speaking of North Wilkesboro Speedway? Rich, I'll actually bring you in on the Motor City Minute because your guy, Bubba Pollard, put on a clinic during that race on Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening. Yeah. He, you know, the, they had the rain and everything and, and they were trying to fight through that. But, uh, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't scared of all those NASCAR drivers wanting to come back and break in North Wilkesboro. Was he? I mean, no. that, ever since he's gone back to Seneca, he has been a machine this year and ha has had a chance really, Zach to win every single race he's entered. Yeah. And, and, um, and I don't think either one of us, you know, I appreciate what he's done over his career, but, but man, I did not see 
the 2023 that we're seeing from Bubba Pollard coming yeah. at all. Yeah, it's been pretty impressive. All right, other notes quickly uh, in the Motor City Minute. Brady Bacon gets the USAC Silver Crown Series opener. It's on dirt, so of course it would be him that gets the job done from fifth. He beat out Cody Swanson, who finished second. Chase Stockton third from 13th. What a run for Stockton. Shane Cottle fourth. Logan Seavey in fifth. A couple other notables. Matt Westfall finishes in the seventh spot. Taylor Ferns ends up in 10th. And uh, you kind of look through the uh, rest of the results there. Tyler Roerig in 18th, the other uh, notable from our area that we'll talk about for the USAC Silver Crown Series. And the big news that we were uh, kind of teasing last week, Kyle Busch will be a part of the Wood Tick Weekend at Merritt Speedway in 2023. He'll pilot the uh, Brandon Thurlby. We wondered what was going to happen with the Brandon Thurlby Racing house car. Apparently, they're going to keep it for celebrity status up around northern Michigan. So there's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. How are you? It was nice to have a busy weekend, huh? Yeah, what a what a weekend for you. Uh, got to see you uh, make a couple of appearances on Flow Racing on Saturday, so uh, a good job to you. And um, actually, you guys were treated to a pretty darn nice Arkham and Ard Series East event. That that kind of started slow, but there in the final fifty laps, it kind of picked up the pace. Yeah, and and here's where I'm going to bring you in, Zach, because. As you give me the hard time about Bubba Pollard, we're going to discuss your boy, <laughs> William Sawalich, okay? Yeah, let's do so, it. So, so William Sawalich unloads, comes out for the first practice, lays down the quickest time by a mile. Mm-hmm. First laps on the Flat Rock Speedway. The rest of the day, that card could not get out of its own way. Really? Didn't, didn't qualify in the top five. And during the first 100 laps, did nothing but fall back. Yeah. He was probably he was probably a half a track, three quarters of a track back, running in fourth. Uh Lavar Scott was ahead of him, worked around him. Um Sean Hingarani led for almost a hundred laps. That's right. Uh, he did it, he did a great job. And and Luke Fenhaus just kind of found second place. And you know, he, he kind him and Hingarani had had a battle for a little bit, but everything just kind of settled down till a caution uh kind of put the field back together. And woke young Mr. Sawalich up, and he just you, drove to the front. Um, Charlie must have been, Charlie Crawl, the voice of the Arkham and Ard series, uh, must have been looking at notes or something. On that, one of the final restarts, going down the back straightaway, did you see the contact between Sawalich and Fenhaus? Those two cars were like op- opposing ends of magnets. They hit each other so hard and bounced off of one another going into turn number three. I couldn't believe, I mean, Fenhouse was trying to slam the door, and Sawalich said, no, no, sir, it is time to go. I think, I'm going to do a little Charles Crawl impersonation here, I think that may have been a Reese's sweet move of the race right there. <laughs> yeah, and he, he didn't do he didn't do Sean Hingarati any favors either. No, he did not. When, he, when, <laughs> when, it, when he got to him. Uh, and, and, and that 15 machine went back at him, actually, for a couple laps. They were, you know, it's like, oh, that's how we're racing? Right. And, and he gave him a few back. And then, and then Swallows just kind of got away. And, and and then, you know, they just kind of ran the lap, the last 50 laps off. And you, you met this guy. LeVar Scott was coming. That's right. He was the fastest guy on the racetrack, drove all the way up into the, to a podium finish um, from a half a track back. Um, I mean, he drove by Fenhouse, uh, Hingarani. He, he drove by all of them. And... And man, he he had a heck of a run. And when it, when I interviewed him after the race, uh, man, what a smile on his face! That young that young man was really really happy uh, and really did a great job. You got to look. All these people, 
it was their first trip ever to the Flat Rock Speedway. They had never seen it. Well, and you mentioned that I talked to LeVar, and he told me, he said, man, we run, we ran some bull rings back home um, up, in, up in New Hampshire, I believe is where he's from. And uh, he said, man, I feel like we got a really good shot at Flat Rock. And he, he kind of thought that would be his first career win. Not bad. Best career finish, uh, though, comes at Flat Rock. So pretty good run for him. I got to ask you here as we got to kind of we got to kind of move through the show a little bit. Uh, talk about the crowd. You guys had a really good crowd on hand. First time that Arca was there in uh, almost 25 years. So pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, as we watched, they just. Number one, they were lined up 30 minutes before the gate ticket gates opened. Wow. They were lined up in the parking lot, and they just kept coming, Zach. They just kept coming. And and myself and the new general manager, Brandon Hammett, were looking around, and they keep on coming in. <laughs> and, and, and we're smiling, and, and you know, even, even the rest, everybody else said, this is more than what we thought. Good. It really was. Good. It was, it was more than what they thought. Uh, was it a full house like it is for a bus race? No. No. But it was a... They had a very, very good crowd, a very active crowd that was into everything. Good. Um, it was just a great time. And just a reminder, a little stat you can put in your little notebook. Yes. The last two races, William Sawalich has raced at one of Ron Drager's racetracks. He's got two trophies. That's right. Toledo Speedway, Glass City 200 in 2022, and now the... A Dutch boy 150 at Flat Rock Speedway. Uh, By the way, I I told him, you just need to race here. You probably never lose. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you, uh, you guys had a local program after the ARCA race as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, Jeremy Vanderhoof, who we had uh, we had announced on the show uh, in the past winning. Well, he won again. He actually pulled the double. He picked up the win in the street stock A and the figure eight feature. So, um, yeah, talking to him twice was a neat experience for him. So, yeah, that. We just had the street stocks and the figure eights. Good deal. Supporting. So it was really good night. Uh, and Gary back up most in the importantly, booth. yes, Gary Lindahl. I heard his voice over the Flow Racing broadcast. It kind of bled through, and I thought, oh, how fantastic that he got to hold a microphone once again. So what we did a little bit different from Toledo is instead of putting him down in the grandstands, he walked up the stairs and stayed in the booth all night. Good for him. And yours truly got to do <clears throat> the exercise. Yeah. 16 trips, I think it was, up and down the stairs. And I'm still here to talk to you tonight. How about that? (laughs) You look pretty good, too. You look thinner already, so it was good for you. Hey, let's move on. Pretty big weekend. I want to give a shout-out to Greg Goki. How about this guy? Uh, For the second time in 2023, Goki has doubled down on a weekend of racing uh, with the the Dirt Super Late Models. Now, the first time he did this was back at the beginning of the month on May uh, May 5th and May 6th from Winston Speedway picking up a win to Thunderbird Raceway and picking up a win. Well, he did it again this weekend, and uh, it was pretty smooth sailing. Started on the outside of the front row on Friday night at Winston Speedway, held off Bill Bray, who started on the pin to pick up the win on Friday night. And then on Saturday night at Thunderbird Raceway, let's just set those same dominoes right back up and flip them over one more time. Greg Goki starts on the pin, holds off Rich Neeser, who came from fifth to finish in second, to pick up the second win of the season. And uh, I got to tell you, He'll be one to watch for the uh, Michigan Dirt Super Late Model Power Rankings this week when those get updated because two wins in two nights of racing in the state of Michigan, that's pretty impressive. And uh, I want to clarify something right now. Yes, the Michigan Dirt Super Late Model Power Rankings do award consistency for racing in 
Michigan. So yeah, you race in Michigan, you finish in the top 10, guess what? You're going to do pretty well in the Horsepower Happenings Power Rankings. So just wanted to slip that in. Look for those updates coming up around Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I was waiting for you to just slide that in there. And... <laughs> For entertainment purposes only, that's horsepower right. happenings, power rankings. That's right. I thank, like that. I th- like that. Thank you very much. Hey, pretty cool thing on Saturday. It almost was cooler than it is, but uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer Jason Bond was trying to pull off a double on Saturday. Didn't quite work. He was registered at Butler and was racing at Berlin, and uh, I think he'll be okay with how things turned out because Berlin went pretty well for him. Yeah, I think so too, Zach. The must racing sprint car series was in action on Saturday at Berlin, uh, and it was our friend and Litchfield, Michigan's Jason Blonde picking up the win in a 30-lap feature event. Uh, Blonde would work by early race leader Mike McBetta in traffic on lap 15 and then hold off a late race charge by Bobby Santos III. It was Blonde's 10th series win. I, I believe, Zach, I saw only th- three drivers have double-digit career wins Wow! in, uh, in the must-read must-see racing sprint car series. Uh, Charlie Schultz was the fast qualifier early in the afternoon. The heat race wins uh, were picked up by Dorman Schneider and Jimmy McCune. Bulldog is back. Let's go. Yep, there you go. Uh, Picked up a, I think he picked up the dash heat race win. It was a combination dash heat, but he picked up the win in that. Uh, And then uh, Bobby Santos and Ryan Litt would complete the podium on Saturday night. Next week, the U.S. National, Zach, at Birch Run, Friday and Saturday. Uh, a lot of people are looking forward to that one. That's going to be a really good show uh, yep. with the must racing sprint cars. All right, speaking of good shows at Birch Run Speedway, how about Reveal the Hammer, their season opener? Saturday night after Friday's portion got washed away, the Reveal the Hammer series was scheduled to race on Saturday anyhow, so it didn't bother them none. Uh, they unloaded at Birch Run Speedway for the first race of the 2023 season. And right out of the gate, drivers knew they were going to have to contend with Schoolcraft Michigan's Mark Shook. Qualifying Shook was nearly a tenth of a second faster than any of his competitors, laying down a blistering 14.787, better than Justin Cloderie's 14.824, and Blake Childers' 14.825, Justin Felver's 14.834, and Trevor Berry, the first driver to get to the 14.9 second bracket, or the last driver, I guess you'd say. So Shook was on fire. And uh, no heat races for Reveal the Hammer, but thanks to uh, the uh, the restart, the, uh, the the invert of the must-see, of the, uh, rather, Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Models, Mark Shook would roll off in the 12th spot and have some work to do to make his way up to the front, but he would do it inside, outside, wherever he had to go. He got to the front, and he brought some people with him as well. Matt Frazier uh, kind of latched onto the back of Mark Shook, went from 16th to finish 6th, and uh, between them, Adam Terry in second, Phil Bozell third, Brian Burgaker, who pulled double duty, got the win in the Modifieds, finished in fourth in the Outlaws. Andy Bozell started on the pin, faded back to fifth. Matt Frazier again up 10 spots to finish sixth. Blake Childer seventh, eighth went to Justin Claudery, ninth to Scott Pemberton, and Buddy Head rounded out the top 10. Want to give a uh, shout-out to Craig Stevens, who went from 24th to 13th, another driver who advanced 11 spots in Saturday's race at Birch Run Speedway, where again, Mark Shook, the big winner. Well, time to talk to that guy who put on the clinic on Saturday. And, uh, you know, Rich, we were talking about it in our in our Facebook group. And Chuck 
could not get enough of the moves that he made on Saturday afternoon at Bertrand Speedway, and it's our pleasure now to uh, welcome in the guy who got the job done in the new look this year, the silver number 14. I don't know if we can call him a silver bullet. I think Sterling Marlin has uh, copyrights on that. So I tell you what, man, uh, Bertrand Speedway, Reveal the Hammer, Outlaw Super Late Models, what a show. You guys pulled in some 23 cars, I think, took the green flag on Saturday afternoon. And like I just said, uh, track announcer, one of them, Chuck Darling, reported he could not get enough of the racing action you guys put on on Saturday. Obviously, you end up in victory lane, so it was a good day for you. Take me through Saturday. How was it from your perspective? We qualified first, and it was great. Car was, you know, felt pretty decent. And uh, so, and then as far as the race goes, you know, it was, you know, you never know. You start 12th, uh, you, you get the quality of field that we had, it, which is great. I'm glad this reveal series is looking like it's going to be awesome this year. So I hope, you know, everybody keeps continuing to, uh, you know, show up and race. These guys, you know, work hard to, you know, to, to do what they do. And they get the, the field and purse the way they is. It's going to be awesome. So I can't wait. And hopefully, you know, like I said, people keep showing up to these races. And uh, But, uh, yeah, no, the feature was uh, – as far as that goes, it was, it was, you know, it was, you know, it, it was exciting at some points. Uh, there's a few, one big wreck that happened right in front of me. I don't know how I made it through it. Uh, actually me and Blake, uh, you know, we were like side by side through this melee of cars and we made it through it. And, you know, we, none of us were, you know, got caught up in it, which is great. So, uh, it, it, and then pretty much after that, you know, my car, it took it, uh, it took it a few, probably, you know, like 20 laps or so to really get, get going. And then, you know, finally it was about that 25, 30 lap mark. It, it was starting to, it was starting to come to, and, uh, you know, we, I got it, was able to, there was a couple, you know, restarts, um, uh, and, you know, I got, uh, got lucky on, you know, being on, on as, as far as line choice. Um, and being on the inside. So been able to pass a few cars on some restarts and, uh, you know, and then it finally got to the point where, you know, I was able to finally, uh, get up to second and, um, you know, Adam, he was, you know, the leader and, uh, he was running his race and he was fast and, uh, I knew I had my work cut out for me to, to get around him. And, uh, he, uh, you know, he he did his best to, to definitely, you know, to hold me off. And, um, you know, we were just racing real hard. And and uh, I made a little contact with him. And uh, coming off before, and, uh, I was able to, you know, get it back squared up. And uh, just a couple of laps later, uh, I was pretty determined at that point. Uh, I was going to get, I had, I was going to get around him. And uh, I just, uh, this bonds item going on, hey, going into turn three, and uh, luckily it stuck. Uh, I was able to, um, you know, get next to him right in the center of the corner, and uh, he gave me the lane coming off. Uh, we raced, drag race down the front stretch. I was able to pass him, and uh, really the rest was just pretty much just hanging on, and the car was just, uh, it, it was amazing. I really can't, uh, I really can't, uh, you know, thank, uh, you know, Bart Brooks. He's, he's my guy. He's my crew chief, my guy. He does everything on the car. He, he puts, I mean, 
it, it's, it's crazy the, the the amount of effort that he does. It's, it's unbelievable. So he eats, sleeps, breathes his stuff, and it's great to have him, um, you know, be with me and stuff. So it, it's awesome. And he, it, it was just, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good day for us. I'm happy, and I'm glad that uh, you know we're happy to you know get that first win underneath our belt so early. Mark, I think with anybody, um, especially in the outlaw climate these days, where you guys. I mean, you kind of got to pick and choose. It's not like there's a ton of events out there for you guys and you get to go somewhere every weekend, but it's got to feel good early in the year um, when you know you're not going to run the outlaw as much as you would like to, that you can pick up a win. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's 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 great. And especially we've been to Birch Run. That was our third time. So to be able to get a win at a different track is, is a good feeling. And, uh, you know, uh, but uh, as far as outlaws, though, it, it, it ramps up, though. So we're actually, we don't race this weekend. Um, got a big one at Plymouth. We're going to race those four Grand Slam races. Uh, so, you know, he, you know, that'll be, that's going to be, you know, pretty, as soon as June comes up, you know, we got, uh, uh, you know, that Plymouth race, and we got Kalamazoo right after that, and then Owasso. Um, so it really stacks up on each other, but it, which is great. You know, we're excited to go to these different tracks and have fun. And, uh, especially a lot. So, I mean, you look at that facility and all the work that they, those, excuse me, those guys have put into it. It's unbelievable. So, uh, we can't wait to really visit that place. And, uh, you know, we like the old configuration, uh, but, uh, this new, you can't really complain with somebody wanting to, uh, re-asphalt the racetrack. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to go there and give it a try and have some fun. Let's talk about, uh, uh, there's a moment in the race where it looks like things may have changed big time at Birch Run, um, where maybe there's some contact. I was kind of looking at some pictures, uh, Adam Terry's number four machine. Your car looks like it's pretty sideways inputs pretty far to the right. Uh, what happened there? It looked like maybe was it coming off a of four or something may have happened. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just. Good racing, you know, it was good hard racing. Adam, you know, was leader and uh, was just trying to get back down to the bottom of the racetrack. And uh, I thought that there was enough room for me to be there and, you know, maybe for him to see me. Uh, but, you know, that, it, you know, we made a little contact, you know, whatever. We were both able to just gather it up and, uh, because you, you know, guys aren't running, on. you guys aren't running mirrors or spotters or anything, right? No, exactly. So, you know, it's everything's kind of, you got to go by feel sometimes. And what there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's part of racing. So, um, no, it, it was, it was just good, good, good hard racing. And, uh, but yeah, but then I was, uh, at that point, though, I was pretty, I was pretty determined, you know. So I, uh, it was about two or three laps later, uh, I made that, I made that send move in, in turn three. And, uh, it was, you know, it was a power move. I had, it was like, I had to do it. And, uh, the car stuck and it was, it was unbelievable. I was like, oh man. And then that last car happened to be there. So it was just happened to work out perfect for me. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was good hard racing. It was great. You know, Adam is, is defending at that point. He starts third, ends up second. So he's trying not to lose any spots. You're coming from 12th yep. and, and you're charging, man. I mean, uh, as a matter of fact, you were one of two people who advanced 11 spots. Craig Stevens, the other one who came from shotgun up to 13th. So you're one of the hard chargers of, of the day. Um, 
Talk about this outside line, how that came in for you, because that's all that Chuck Darling could talk about was how you really made that second groove kind of your home. And it seemed seemed to him that that's where you were able to make a lot of your moves. Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, one of those deals where obviously I feel like the preferred lines, you know, obviously the bottom. So, you know, if those guys that were hanging up there trying to keep it down, you know, it left me enough room up top to be able to uh, maneuver and get my car to be able to get through the corner. And, and like I said, and it just, like it was, the car was unbelievable. So I didn't, I mean, I had to work at it a little bit, but really the car, it was driving me around the racetrack for, for most of that race. And I, it's just, I mean, I'm just thankful to be where I'm at and, uh, it's, it's great. You know, uh, you know, like I said, we got to, we got to work cut out for us. I'm glad, you know, we got that early win, you know, it's great, but we're, you know, we're, we're that, you know, that's not it for us. We won't really want to move on with this, this year and we think we can have a really big year and, uh, and that's what we're hoping for, and that's what, uh, you know, we're striving to be. And, Mark, anybody knows you, you know, Kalamazoo was your home track, and, and they made the decision this year. Uh, I think four events is all they're going to run the Outlaws there. But, like you said, you're really excited with the addition of Owasso uh, jumping on board. And if you have events like this with Reveal the Hammer uh, and also the Grand Slam down at Plymouth, you know, the, um, they did a, a great job with that last year. Um, you got to feel pretty confident uh, to be able to put some dollar bills in the pocket this summer. Yeah, it's definitely always a goal. You know, it's, that's what I'm shooting for. But you know, it's not. It's definitely not easy. You know, you got we got so many great competitors, and you know, I'm looking forward to actually you know racing with these guys. You know, and being able to you know really that's that's where it, you know when these when. There's a good good race going on. You got all the the great guys in the field, and you see a good clean race going. You know, good passing, good battling. That's that's what I want to do, and I want to do it with the best. And I, you know, I feel like of all racetracks, you know, I Kalamazoo is my favorite racetrack. Uh, between that and Spring Fork, uh, those are my two favorites. But Kalamazoo, it's uh, you know, they it's a two it's a two line racetrack. You can pass. I mean, and there's no you know, preferred line, and it, it, it's it's awesome. And I just, you know, I really recommend people that, you know, that haven't been there to go there, and you really see good racing. I mean, in all the classes, street stocks, sportsmen, four-wheel drives, late miles. I mean, they're passing all over the racetrack at all times, and it's, it's awesome. And uh, I really, dude, I, I recommend people to race there and, you know, I really experience what they got, especially – you know, the payouts that they're offering, especially because we missed out the, unfortunately, the Intimidator got rained out in April, so uh, it got moved in June, and, I mean, the payouts are phenomenal. I mean, it's it's crazy if you get an outlaw car and you don't show up this race. I mean, uh, it's it's the payout, it, 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 it's good, and it, it's great. I'm glad that they're, you know, Randy, Gary, these guys were able to, to, to do that for us and, and it's awesome and it's just something that to look forward to and hopefully you know in the future you know maybe we can't race every week as far as outlaws but you know every couple every week every other week every couple weeks something you can put together enough big enough shows you're going to get the cars and you're going to get a hell of a show i mean there's still there's still a lot of badass outlaw drivers out there it's just a matter of just being able to 
put the right, uh, you know, get the tires right, make sure you're on the same tires as everybody else, same rules. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, a lot of these tracks like to go to different rules and different this and that. It's like, let's, let's try to work together, try to get the same rules, same tires, and you'll get the cars. I, I promise it happens, but you just got to work with them, work with the drivers, work with the, you know, work with the track and, and, you know, hopefully everybody works together and we get something that's a, you know, that's, that's a good product. And Mark, I think to back you up on that, uh, why Kalamazoo has such good racing, Gary Howe loves the big inverts, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, he does. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Cause you know, like I said, the, the, the passing's there. So Gary knows, you know, he understands that, you know, you put the fastest guy up front, it's, it's not going to be that great of a show. Um, you put the fastest guy in the back, uh, it's going to be a hell of a show. And uh, he, you know, he's going to have to earn it. And uh, I, I I respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fair. Fair and square. As long you know, obviously the races are long enough. And, you know, obviously the cream always rises to the top. So, you know, you figure it out after 175, 100 laps, however many laps it is. And uh, you just, you know, you go from there. But, you know, that, it, it, it's a great race to move. I understand for a promoter's standpoint. For a crowd and stuff, that's great. I understand. That's a track that you can do that with. I understand that. <laughs> Mark, let's talk about something else that uh, is is kind of changing in our racing world. Uh, picture surfaced on social media this week from Birch Run, uh, and it was more so during the modified race. But I got to ask if you happen to see anything, or or if uh, maybe you're thinking about using the same strategy. Uh, you know, on the dirt side of things, there's a lot of conversation about what we like to call stick men or stick figures or, you know, passing sticks or things of that nature. Uh, well, down in, down in modified victory lane over the weekend, there was a pair of sticks spotted. And uh, the question, you know, this is kind of new to the pavement scene. What is that? Why, why are we? Why is this happening? You know, there's no spotters, no mirrors. Where are these coming from? And it's a huge debate on the dirt side of things. Uh, Mark, what about on the pavement side? Are you seeing anything? Are you hearing anything? Uh, you've got a little bit of, uh, of dirt background as well. So um, what what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, no, I, it's definitely out there, you know. Um, I mean, the signaling, the signaling is old, is as old as time, right? I mean, I remember when I raced, my dad would stand on the fence and he'd yeah. use his hands, right? He would use his hands. Where's the gap? Yeah. Go, you're yeah, pu pushing right. me down, pulling me up, that sort of thing. Um, are the sticks, are they, I mean, it's just a little bit different way of doing it, isn't it? It is. I mean, at the same time, you know, it's like the sticks definitely, you know, maybe if the driver obviously has awareness enough to know, know where his guy's telling where to go, you know, that's great. But at the same time, you know, the, the guy that's trying to pass, you know, he's, he, he, he should know that, you know, and obviously if the guy's there and the guy needs to give him the, the line and, and let him pass, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm iffy on this. So I'm iffy <laughs> on it. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't really use them. I like, I, I personally don't like to use them myself, but I, I don't really care. I mean, if he used it, that's, you know, whatever. That's the, I, first, you know, time, that's the first time we got Mark to stutter in this whole interview. I know. Well, and so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to be politically correct here. I don't want to, you know, turn a couple of feathers, but. Well, and here's, it, the, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. It's really not a big deal. How much different? How much different is it than just putting a spotter up on top of the stand? I mean, to me, 
you're only going to see the stick guy at one part of the racetrack, um, you know, to tell you to make an adjustment. Whereas if you're running spotters or mirrors, you guys can can do that the entire way around the racetrack. You can mirror drive. You can, you know, you can, you know, the spotter can tell you literally inch by inch on that racetrack where you need to go. Um, I don't. I don't think it's any worse uh, than than running a spotter if you're worried about the product on the racetrack by having stickmen around the outside. Uh, yeah. I personally, I don't like the radio deal. Um, that that's a whole different race. Like for me, I would see these you know these super late model races, like you know go to Berlin and stuff, and man, you see a lot of radio racing, and I don't like that. Like you know, we're we're short track. You know, you should be able to tell when everybody that's in the in that division, our division, top divisions, they should have the racing awareness to know when there's somebody next to them. Sure. And if you don't, you probably shouldn't be there. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, I don't like the – I'm not a big fan of the radios. Uh, I'd rather have the stick men than the radios personally. But, uh, you know, I really don't care. I, I do whatever it takes to race, but you know, like I said, personally, I'd rather, um, you know, personally, rather have the stick man and just let the driver, you know, do his thing. And you know, it, it, it you know, like I said, especially in outlaw race, late model racing, it's, I mean, feel is part of it. When you turn down, you might feel somebody. Then you know, you know, you know they're there. So, feels part of it, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as long as it doesn't get out of control. They know it. The driver knows that. Hold the line. It's great. You know what I mean? That's what that's what hard, good hard racing is all about, and that's what I like. So, um, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I I've seen I've seen some stuff on Owasso. They're delete. You know, did, did, you know, getting rid of the the stick men and uh, it, 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 yeah, it's great. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You know, it's great. And, you know, I rather like I said, get rid of the stick men. Get rid of the radios. That's perfect for me. You know, like I said, these, these drivers should be, you know, have enough awareness. They know when the car's next to them, you know. So, um, and that, and that, I think that produces a little bit better product on the racetrack. And, Mark, what I I have to, because I'm, I'm me, I have to respectfully disagree with you a little bit, and, and for two reasons, right? Um, the guys driving uh-huh. these outlaws are pretty darn good race car drivers, right? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, you know, it's not often um, that I've seen, and I've and I've, I've come from a couple tracks that use radios, um, and for the out for the outlaw super late models. And I think the biggest thing is, I think it's great that you can have a two car wreck not become a ten car wreck when you guys are battling and you're in traffic and you don't see it happening when when your spotter does. And I think that's a I think that's very important. For the biggest reason at Toledo, all you, these cars are running so fast, and I know we're not running at Toledo anymore, but but these outlaws, wherever you go, you're getting faster and faster, it seems like, every single year. Oh, no, I told, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. You know, I, I, I never disagree with, you know, saving somebody's equipment because it gets costly. So I totally agree, you know, there's, Definitely a fine line, you know. I don't, you know. Obviously, I don't have you know the perfect solution, but I just feel like for the track sizes that we go to, you know, for the most part, I think we, you know, we can, 
you know, I, I, the the radio because radio racing, I, I you know, like I said, I see that Berlin. It it really produces something different. You you don't know, like you could be at somebody's tailpiece and somebody telling that that's their spot, and that's not true. You know, there's a lot of things that you know when it comes to to you know position that that's not true when it comes to to radio. So I really got a problem with that aspect of it, but. As far as, you know, everything else, I totally agree. Yes, it does, can save a lot of equipment, and I understand that that's huge in today's world because everything costs so much money. And But, man, I just don't – I just I, – I'm at that mindset. It's like, man, I just don't think that's what exactly what you need for a great product on the racetrack. Well, Mark, let's talk about a couple of other things, kind of more on the personal level. Um, first thing I'm going to ask you is, uh, it was kind of scrolling through here. We talked, you have a little bit of a dirt background, but it's been a while since you played in the mud. Um, any any uh, inclination or anything on the horizon for you to uh, play in the dirt anytime soon again? Uh, unfortunately, I got rid of the, the modified I had. So uh, no dirt stuff is at this point. Um, is done. So I'm not really, I guess, cutting it off forever. So maybe at some point down the road, we might do something again. But right now, uh, especially when we're seeing all these races that are going on with these outlaw cars, man, it's like, man, we'd be crazy not to just now try to hit up all these big races and, 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 and have the, you know, have the chance that there's a lot of money on the line. So I had the chance to, you know, try to win some of this money is, is, is awesome and to race like these guys i love racing the guys we race with everybody's you know fairly clean and so it's great to be able to go to different tracks race these guys and with the respect and everything it's awesome so you know i hopefully you know that continues and we can go to these other tracks and do the same thing and have big shows and like i said you know a lot of these guys that see at these reveal deals they need to come to. They need to come to Kalamazoo. I mean, Kalamazoo, it, it's a different track, but it's a racy place. The payout's great. I still, it's. I mean, it's it's awesome, and I still, you know, recommend anybody that's got a car to go there, and you'll have fun. It's a little bit challenging, but that's the place that it's got. It's a two. It's a true two lane racetrack. You hear that word come around a lot. You're terms come around a lot about two-lane racetracks, but uh, Kalamazoo is definitely a two-lane. I mean, you can run the top, bottom, and be fast, no matter what. And, uh, you know, I recommend people to show up there, and, you know, especially outlaw guys, you know, let's put on a show for these fans and 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 really, you know, let these guys, you know, see what a really good race can. And we've seen all these classes. I mean, it's been great classes from, you know, Specifically was when Tyler, that three-wide move, that was great, Tyler, Andy, Kyle Bush. I mean, you don't get to see that too often, man. I mean, <laughs> Kelvin produces that type of racing, and uh, that's why I recommend people to, to show up there and have a good time and race. I mean, you'd be surprised. All right, and the last thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, how it's going uh, on the home front now, right? Uh, you, you guys added another piece to the puzzle, um, and uh, it looks like you and your is your wife Kelly, is that right? 
Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, a new piece of the puzzle was added at the beginning of this month, which, uh, I don't know, not in the heart of race season, so it must not have interrupted it too bad to uh, decide to start a family. How's it going having a little one around the house now? Oh, it's phenomenal. And uh, I was just thankful and lucky enough to ever be able to be in Victory Lane so early in her life and and uh, yep. our life. And it's uh, it was a different feeling for sure. It was. You know, it wasn't like just a normal win. It was just, you know, it was like, it was a big win in general, but it's a bigger win because I'm obviously, you know, starting a, uh, starting a family like that. And, uh, you know, I went 32 years without a kid. So it's a big responsibility. We didn't even have a pet <laughs> yeah. or anything. So, you know, we're going from, you know, nothing to a, to a, a little human being. So how was that? You know, how, 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 I want, I, I got to know, how was that you're standing in victory lane? And then, uh, uh, when, when you see Kelly and Maylee come around the corner, how are you, how, how does that, how does that feeling oh, I, hit you? Oh, I was so proud. I, I was glad that, uh, actually Kyle Makey was able to give him a ride on the golf cart to get him down there. Cause uh, we didn't have one, but, yeah, he was great. He was grateful to do that, drop him off, and I was able to see him. I was hoping I was able to. We wanted to keep her away, you know, from the noise because uh, she's still, you know, two weeks old. But uh, we kept her away. She stayed at the trailer, you know. She was definitely keeping up on updates. And uh, and uh, we had a friend, obviously, in the let him know, hey, I think he's going to win this race, you know. Yeah. So, they were able to set up something with him, and he, you know, drove, thankfully drove him down with a golf cart, and uh, and I was able to, you know, uh, share that special time with with my wife and and newborn Maylee, <laughs> baby girl, and uh, it was it was awesome. I just couldn't be happier and thankful, and uh, it, it was it was it was a great feeling. Mark, uh, we're gonna give you a chance now to. Uh... I didn't see a whole lot of names on that silver bullet, but I know there's a lot of people that help you out and help you get down the road. Now's your chance to give them a shout out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rescue Metals, uh, Shay Chupin. He's awesome. He's a great uh, partner with mine. Uh, it's awesome to work with those guys. Erwin uh, Engines, he, I mean, I mean, it, the thing was lights out. Engine was perfect. Uh, so, uh, like to think triple B fabrication, obviously Barton Brooks, he's, he's my guy. He works on anything and everything racing. Um, he's, he's phenomenal. So, uh, you know, I give him a shout out for that. And then, uh, also like to think Max sports timing, uh, SWT excavating, uh, Forsyth repair shop, Cloverleaf lawn maintenance, uh, sweet manufacturing, my work, uh, thankful for, let me get the time off to uh, do what I like to do. So uh, I got to thank Sweets. Uh, and uh, um, I like to thank Crosstown Automotive. Uh, they, he's great. Bob Wheeler, he's awesome. Um, uh, I think that. Uh, I think that. I think that's it. Well, Mark, man, congratulations. And, and also, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh. Also, also. Oh, oh, hold on. I got to thank Rocket Fabrication. Tyler Rorick hooked us up. Badass Sock. He's the man. So I recommend Tyler any sock, any, any sock needs. Tyler Rorick. Promise. Awesome. <laughs> 
All right, man. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, congratulations. Hell of a run on Saturday. Uh, you got the whole town talking, so nicely done. Looking forward to seeing you again soon, man. Like you said, a lot of big races for Outlaws this year, so uh, we'll, we'll keep you on our radar and keep watch for what you got going on, man. So good luck. All right, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Want to say thanks to Mark for uh, making time to join us tonight, and uh, pretty cool the 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 conversations that you can have with him. I mean, he he really gets the sport, and you can tell he was he was trying to hold back. He has some opinions about this sport as well. I think he really understands and and knows exactly what he wants, doesn't he? The only time we got him to stutter was when I we we asked him about radios and yeah and sticks and all that kind of stuff. But uh, no, I mean. Mark's got to be excited, uh, you know, a new baby, uh, two weeks old. I, I think that's awesome. And then immediately puts it in victory lane and, and you look, you climb out of the race car and, and there's your wife and baby. That's I think, right. I, I don't know how it gets any better than that. And there's a great picture on social media. Go and find it. It's on his page of, uh, of, of his wife holding, holding a little Maylee and he leans down and gives her a kiss, holding the checkered flag in front of the car. It's, it's fantastic. You love, love to see it. Hey, I want to give a shout out to our studio sponsor by way of CNT services. That is Northside Towing of St. John's for this quarter of Horsepower Happenings. Northside Towing of St. John's, the new venture from the Northside Towing fleet. They are the only light, medium, and heavy-duty towing company in St. John's. 24-7 emergency roadside service. Whatever you need, they can do it. Jump starts, heavy tows. Even saw that they were helping move some heavy equipment for other companies around St. John's. They can do it. Uh, located right off U.S. Highway 27 in St. John's. Give them a call, 989-224-9200. And, uh, I mean, it's one of the best names in towing. If you hear Finley and Northside, you know that you're going to get a solid service. 989-224-9200 for Northside Towing of St. John's. And, Rich, uh, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the show, but I want to give uh, listeners an update to stay tuned this week to HorsepowerHappenings.com for more power ranking reveals, including uh, one that you just updated. Speaking of Mark Shook, you just got the Outlaw Super Late Model Power Rankings updated today. Give us a little preview. Yeah, I, I Now I have to go back. Now I, get, I know. Now I, I, put, have to, I put I'm, you on the spot. But yeah, you did put me on the spot. But we, we, finally, added, we finally added a track um, other than, than Flat, flat Rock. Rock yes. so, so we were able, we were able to do that. With Mark Shook picking up the win, you know, we had two different winners uh, the first two weeks of the Outlaw Super Late Model Racing Program. Of course, that was Justin Claudery, and then uh, Benson went went to victory lane, who he felt he probably should have won on week number one. Um, now you've got three different winners in three weeks in Outlaw Super Late Model Racing because Flat Rock had the week off, no weekly racing for Outlaw Super Late Models, so... Things really could get shaken up right now, and uh, what what do you got there? Give us a little little little, little taste. It'll it'll probably now keep in mind come come keep in mind coming up this week. Um, we do have the Joy Fair Memorial One Hundred coming right. up at Flat Rock, so that's gonna that's gonna probably be probably make a little bit of changes to it. Whatever. I have to get my Chris Chris Ben here. I found it. I'll give you a little preview. Chris Benson still at the top uh, after finishing first and second in those first two weeks because reveal the hammer only one weekend. So right, you got to race consistently in Michigan to have a good shot at it. Mark Shook who is uh, is seventh in the rankings right now, or rather uh, is sixth in the rankings right now. 
after uh, his strong performance with Reveal the Hammer. The thing about it is Justin Claudery also was in the Reveal the Hammer race with a top 10, so he's up there. Paul Pelletier was in that race. He's up there. Uh, so this is fun. This is why these power rankings are so fun is because if you're running consistently in Michigan, they're going to get shaken up. And uh, speaking of that, want to talk about the winged sprint car, uh, winged dirt sprint car power rankings as well, presented by Jim Coffee and Sun Plumbing and Heating. Those are going to get shaken up big time this week too because, A, Great Lakes Super Sprints were off this week, not by their choice, but because Mother Nature said, Hartford, you need another week for whatever reason to let things just marinate. And uh, we got a new winner at Butler Motor Speedway who wasn't Tyler Rankin. So these things are going to get switched up. These things are going to get messed up this week. So keep an eye on those uh, for the new power rankings for the wing sprint cars coming out, presented by Jim Coffee and Son Plumbing and Heating, uh, serving mid-Michigan. You want to get a hold of them. Uh, Steve Smith, such a great you know ambassador for our sport and really doing a nice job with Jim Coffee, uh, Plumbing and Heating as well. And, Zach, I, I want to put a little bit of a disclaimer on this. Yes, okay? please do. None of this means that Zach or Rich are right. Okay. That's right. That's Absolutely right. not. We put this out there because it, we got we've got two people that we two or three people that we that could do the work on this, and it, and the way we're doing it is really easy. Is it fun? Yeah. Does it mean anything? Probably not at the end of the season, right? You know, if we were paying out money, we we would probably, you know, oh, we would do a whole lot better job of figuring this out. So it's simple and, and getting everything if, calculated. If but we're trying that, to figure out yeah, how we do it. And, right. and it's great the fans are getting involved, right? I love that the fans get involved in they're it. They're reading it, and they're like, now, wait a minute. Yeah. And so Chad Finley messaged me, and he goes, now, wait. If I go out on the road and win 10 World of Outlaw races and then come home and finish third in a Michigan race, I'm not going to be leading the power rankings? I said, no, sir, you didn't race in Michigan. That's right. <laughs> uh, I want to know how you can do in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there you go. And, you know, again, it's simple. You win a race, you get 10 points. You finish 10th in a race, you get one point, and then fill in the blanks in between um we don't have we don't have the the time or the resources to put a panel together and sit down and analyze film and and you know strength of field and all that and control how many are in the field that's we, right <laughs> that's, that's going right. to change every single week that's right so uh you know what we'll, we'll have some fun with it and uh hopefully everybody else can have fun with it too hey let's talk about merit speedway speaking of uh of power rankings and and super late model drivers how about uh, Chase Rosebrook? Started the season down in Florida at North Florida Speedway. Was really strong down there in his uh, Diamond My CTR race car. And now he's come back up Northridge, and he has not, and I mean has not, missed a beat. And uh, Chase Rosebrook went to Victory Lane on Saturday night at Merritt Speedway, and it was pretty much a uh, pass them when you can and get to the front as quick as you can because Chase Roseborough came from the 10th starting spot to get up front, brought Richie Sutherland with him. How about Richie Sutherland finishing in second from the 8th spot, then Stan Sutton in third, Dan Weirman in the 4th spot, Chuck Powell 5th, good run for Chuck, John Goodrich in the 6th spot, Kevin Miller 7th, 8th, Brendan Powell, ninth Dale Cake the 3rd and 10th, William Endert the 3rd. You know what I noticed there, Rich? A lot of names that we don't usually call at Merritt Speedway racing up there now that they're running the IMC Modified Division. So good job by Chase Rosebrook to get the win. And then in Outlaw Super Late Models, how about Ryan Lanfear? This guy from retirement last year to now on fire in 2023. Pretty good season. Yeah, yeah. I thought – I, I, I think, um, you know, we – 
we didn't know that we were going to be talking to him. We'll talk to him here in just a few minutes. But, um, you know, when we talked to him last year, you know, he thought, well, we're just going to do this. And I want to, you know, I, like I said, I want to, he wants to be a, you know, mini wedge dad, baseball dad wants to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, didn't take but a few months for all of that to change and uh, didn't take long for him at all this spring to get back to victory lane. Ryan Lampier, welcome to our spot happenings. Good to be here guys, man. Not a bad start to this year. Um, you pick up a runner up finish a week ago and then you back it up with a, you know, pulling it in victory lane this week. Um, that's got to make you feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, Talking about that one last week, that one still stings. Uh, I led 21, I think, of the 30 laps. And I don't I, there, I don't think if there was a restart, I'm pretty sure I would have won that one, barring anything happening or whatnot. But top side, I guess, was better than the bottom, and I had ran the bottom the whole race and whatnot, so it's kind of hard to leave that. And Brandon showed me that when he blew by me on the uh, front stretch there, and the rest was history. Man, I don't think we've ever talked to somebody who won a feature who sounded so dejected <laughs> as Ryan did right there. You look back at that though, and you know well, that you should have went two for two, uh, and that's that's yeah. how that's how important it is. If you ask my wife, uh, one of the first things I think I said when I got out of the car is, "Last week really stings now." <laughs> yeah, because it's it, I. I've never had a streak, and it would have been two, so it was kind of cool, but. No, I mean we've been good right out of the. I got it's it's a new car and all of, from last year. Well, as you guys know, I retired for three months. But, uh, <laughs> we were going to get into that. Other, <laughs> yeah, apparently there was other plans or whatnot, and there, I, just it's it's the same car or same manufacturer and all that. And I've been pretty good. Uh, fortunately, been pretty good friends with the guys down there at Masters Built and just seems to be clicking. I don't know what it is or whatnot, but everything just seems to be going in the right direction. And hopefully it just keeps going. Well, I think, I think, I don't think the car is the problem. I don't think the driver uh, performing is the problem. I think we got to work on the driver's decision-making and picking lines because if we get that solved, you may not lose a race. <laughs> well, I just got to get me a signal guy or somebody up in the stand. Ah, but... ah. Oh, it's oh, so funny you just mentioned that. So uh, for those who may have skimmed past it, we were just talking to uh, pavement driver Mark Shook, and signal sticks have started to sneak their way onto the pavement side of things in races where they're not using spotters or mirrors. Yep. And uh, there's actually, Owasso Speedway has actually posted a technical bulletin outlawing signal sticks yeah so talk about that man i mean it's been a huge discussion on the dirt side for years and years and years what do you think i think it's a good thing i think get rid of it um because i i I don't the drivers the one out there on the track they they you got guys that don't have them crews or whatnot and i feel like it's just it's a disadvantage um in my opinion, I I don't think you should have them. You're not allowed. You're not allowed two-way radios or uh, spotters. So, I mean, to me, sticks are kind of the same thing. So, what I asked Mark was, and and you know, for those of you who are listening to the whole interview, bear with me. When I used to race, my dad would stand at the fence and he'd use hand signals. Right? We would communicate. We'd talk about what this hand signal yep. meant, what that hand signal meant. Um, and so, I'll ask you the same exact question I asked Mark. 
are signal sticks not just a more visible way of communicating the same thing as your 10 appendages at the end of your arms? I mean, yeah, because I'm not sure which rule or what. I don't know if it's Lucas or World Outlaws, which one it is. One of them doesn't allow signal sticks, I'm pretty sure, but they allow uh, the orange gloves or whatnot. So, I mean, kind of the same thing. I guess they don't stick out as much as the sticks as far as you can get them above everybody and whatnot. But, yeah, I'm I'm not for them. And. <laughs> And Ryan, I, I don't even know is I mean, I have I'm not I'm not gonna act like I'm a, a dirt professional because I just started the dirt scene probably eight, nine years ago. But I mean mm-hmm. on the on the dirt you don't even use radios anywhere that I've seen. No, I mean as far as just the tower being able to talk to you, no. So is this something that you feel is uh, I mean, you haven't invested in getting someone to do stick signals for you? Um, no, I mean, I've never, I've never had them, so I don't really rely on them. I don't really look for them. Um, and I'm not saying that's, that had anything to do with that. I mean, Brandon was going to. Right, right. I'm not not, trying to say that either. I wasn't going to, I was never going to leave the bottom. I had ran that the whole race. I had no reason to leave it. So I just. I was just making a joke out of it. That if yeah, I n- no, it, for sure. And, and, we're, and you know, it's it, the way we look at it, right? Is it's it's a it's a you know uh, hazard of the sport at this point, right? Either you have it or you don't, and you like it or you don't. Uh, it's just sometimes intriguing to get that information, and so uh, on, on how people feel about it. And you know, like you said, I mean, if somebody wants, if somebody wants to tell me where to go, sure, I'll <laughs> <laughs> but I've never. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's part of being the leader too. I mean, that's part of like you, as you, I'm sure you've heard people say they'd rather run run be running second at the end just for that because you can choose your own line, you can change stuff, try stuff. Where the leader's kind of stuck where he's got it where where he's been running, he don't really know. You about the time you move around, the guy sneak under you or whatnot. And we have seen, and some of them are very classic. We have seen, especially at Merritt Speedway where the leader yep. gets complacent and gets their doors blown off in the last five laps and, and goes, well, what the hell? <laughs> yep. so. Well, and that's just it. This last Saturday there, we had, a, I mean, we had, uh, man, probably 10 cautions, I think it was. But uh, we had a restart with two to go, and then we had a green-white checker also. And if Eric was any closer, I'm might not have won that one. Well, and that's what I was just going to ask you is is watching the cell phone footage. You go back to last yep. week and you think about losing to Brandon on on a restart, and then you get two basically in a row, and you got to fend off Spangler to go to go to victory lane. I mean, are you thinking inside your helmet? Here we go again, uh, or are you thinking about last week? And is there anything you know uh, that you try to do different? Or I mean, every race is different, but what was the mindset with that final restart? Well, as we're going around there, I'm looking at the scoreboard and I see it says 27. And I'm like, how many restarts are we going to give him to try and do this? <laughs> and, then the, and then it was a green-white checker and I'm like, well, if he's anything like me or anybody else out here, he's probably going to try to win this thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I was ready for it, but luckily... I've had really good luck racing Eric and he's always raced me really clean and 
I I appreciate it a bunch because there's some people that wouldn't, and I'd probably been in the grandstands, but he chose to race me clean, so I appreciate that, and it's noted. It'll be returned. Right. I want to go back to our last conversation when you were on the program before. Um, Zach and I kind of had the idea that you were going to become a mini wedge and baseball dad. Um, apparently that didn't last too long. Tell me how that conversation went and what changed. Uh, well, yeah, last year I just got to the point where I was just worn out. Um, cause it's just me. So, I mean, it's, a, I mean, to run that whole thing, the, just the challenge series. And then when we ran every night, every Friday, Saturday, I think I ran 30, five 38 races last year that's a lot for just a single team low budget whatnot and uh i just wore myself out and i was finally like i did decent last year so i was comfortable with that being it and uh so i ended up selling the car selling the motor and all that and i had everything else up for sale just hadn't sold it and uh the boy last year it was his first year in a mini wedge and he did pretty good. I think he was second at, uh, Thai city and he was second at merit lost that one by a point in the championship. So oh. that one kind of stung, but so he did really good. And then we put him in the, uh, winter indoor series. Cause once I sold my stuff, I was just going to focus on him. We we're going to go mini wedge racing or whatnot. Well, apparently when I sold everything, everybody else lost their drive to even do the racing stuff my wife she wasn't interested really in it anymore or whatnot and uh i think we were three quarters of the way through that indoor series but she did damn well in that thing too um and i just we started getting towards the end of it and i was like i just asked him one night i said where do you want to race this summer bud and he's uh what is he seven now He's like, Dad, I don't even want to race next year. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to race? You just started and you hell, you finished second and everything you've, and as far as points and everything that you've ran. Like, why do you want to be done? And he's like, well, Dad, I don't want to race because you're not racing. Oh, right to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, anybody with kids, that kind of is just a, right to the gut yeah that's a where that's a where's my wallet moment yeah yeah let me buy that let me buy a race car as soon as i can (laughs) well that was just it i i like it wore on me and i i just i talked to my wife a couple times and she's like i don't know i do what you want to (laughs) do well that's not very good input right right no, I like she's grown up with it her whole life. That's all she knows. Um, and I, I like, I love doing it. Just a lot of work when you're, you're doing it yourself and whatnot. And uh, I think I'm pretty decent for what I have available, what I, what I have to race with and budget wise and whatnot. And try to do the best that I can. But. Are you doing anything? Are you taking any steps to try to make it so that when August rolls around this year in September, that you're not just completely wore out and burn out again? Uh, I mean, are you trying not to commit to certain things or? Uh, I just, I'm just kind of, I'm not really wearing myself out on it. Like I'm not really, 
if I'm not ready for a race or something, like I'm not going to bust my butt to go do it, to get to it. Like last year I would have, I probably would have done anything to just make it there. And I got, I like, I still like it and all that. And I, I want to be there, but I'm, I'm, it's just me. So right. Like tires nowadays is a lot of work. And I mean, that can take up two days a week. And when you only got five, you work a full-time job or whatnot and get home at night. Just a lot to get done. And then you race twice a week. And everybody says, well, why don't you uh, cut it back to one night a week? And it's like, this is what we've done forever. Like, I don't know what we would do on a normal night. That that was the joke this winter is like, what are we going to do next year? Like, we 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 don't know how to not go to the racetrack. And I think that's the thing is you'd have, you'd have maybe ended up there in fan mode once or twice and then you'd have wrote a check at some point and been back in the race car <laughs> probably. Well, at, and at I least. mean, and that's even the, that's the same thing too is I, I was probably going to be there every night anyhow. So Lanny, you look, are you looking at the, obviously, um, you know, the challenge series is back although at a different level than it has been in the past. Um, when there's not a challenge series race, are you just going to, you know, run at Merritt somewhere close, you know, closer to home Merritt or Tri-City or, or, um, or if there's somewhere else, uh, you know, another race going on somewhere else, are you going to drive a little further just so you have somewhere to race every weekend? Well, like last, like I plan on doing the challenge races and whatnot. Uh, Tri-City is only 20 minutes from my house on Friday. So that's hard not to go. Um, and Merritt's only an hour and 15 minutes. And I don't have to switch. That's another thing is the whole tire. Yeah. You got Crystal and Thunderbird and Winston. They're all on the different tire. And I'm just not into switching tires that much. I don't care what tire you go with. I just don't want to switch them. You know, it's interesting. I was going to ask you, uh, we like to throw opinion-based questions your way every once in a while. Kind of looking at results, uh, you know, Merritt Speedway, 17, 18 cars on Saturday. Um couple of different racetracks that have been in the single digits on race cars a couple of weeks. Um, some mm-hmm. racetracks, you know, in the in the dozen to 13, 14 range. Is this, uh, maybe I'm just now studying it and kind of seeing it and, and wondering about it, but is there a drop-off this year, and, and what's contributing to that? Oh, I think there is. I think, I don't know where they all went, but there's a big drop-off, it seems, because I feel like last year a track might have had a low count but the other tracks all had high counts. Now it seems like they're kind of all lower. Yeah, and that's my point is, you know, we're looking at results and we're going, okay, there's eight here and there's only 17 here. <laughs> that's still. Well, not- that's like, that's what I was surprised last Friday when Tri-City rained out that Winston only got the eight. And I mean, if Tri-City would have raced and Eric and Travis didn't go over there, I mean, there only would have been six, I think, if that. Yeah, well, and so. And, and so you look at Winston, you look at, at uh, mid-Michigan ran super late models, and Winston ran super late models. Between those two tracks, you had 12 super late models race on Friday. I mean, right. that, that's, I don't that's know just wild. The fact of the weather or what, but it doesn't seem, or people just, I don't know if it's the economy part of it, money factor, I don't know if that's setting in or what, but it, yeah, it just doesn't seem like you have the cars that you had last year. As far as the late models, I don't know. Right. I did see, uh, well, Crystal, they're, they're one of their 
four or five openers that they tried. <laughs> I think they had they had 196 that first night. Or yeah, something. that's right. That's right. And you know, like you said, there was a million four cylinders at both of those racetracks that had low late model counts. So and, and they, yeah, and they had. Uh, well, I seen you know, there was like 40 mini wedges at Crystal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you. So every once in a while, we'll get a message uh, from somebody who listens to the show or knows me. And this one today really caught me by surprise, and I think it's going to catch you by surprise, too. Um, I got a message from somebody who used to race Dirt Car UMP Modifieds down at Butler Motor Speedway, and he sent me a message. He goes, hey, are you still hosting Horsepower Happenings? And I said, yeah, that's still me. He goes, Ryan Lanford and I used to be in the exact same unit in the military and actually were deployed together. Uh, back in 13 and 14 is what he said. Do you remember Nathan Johnson? I do. Yeah, man. He, he just wanted to shoot me a message and speak highly of you and, and talk, you know, just, he said, you're a good dude and that sort of thing. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I wanted to make sure we brought that up tonight, uh, that, that, you know, you still got people from that part of your journey in life. that are still following along with what you got going on. Tell me, tell me what that means to you. Yeah, he was actually, uh, He's actually a good friend to me when I was in the military, and I was, uh, what was it? I think it was his brother-in-law, Aaron, I was pretty good friends with the whole, like, we were in the same unit the whole time that we were in our military career and whatnot. So we kind of hung out or whatnot, but yeah, I spent, well, Nathan, he went on a Iraq tour early on in his, and him and I met up in Afghanistan, uh, I think it was my second tour. And we might have been on both. I don't know. That was a long time ago. But I just thought it was, uh, I thought yeah, it was we, kind of funny that, you know, two guys racing in Michigan from Michigan, and uh, he sent me that message. I'm like, man, what are the odds of that? That is wild. Yeah, he's down in that Sturgis area down there by Butler. I only ever got down there. I think I only ever, I only ever raced at Butler one time, and that was for the Hell Tour. Yeah. yeah I don't man. down that way very much, but. Yeah, that's funny to hear from him. There you go. So there you go. You can rekindle that uh, we, now that we brought that up. Ryan, let's talk about this season. You you, you mentioned it's basically the same car. you got a lot of connections with this chassis. But when we talked last year, it was like, okay, cool. You know, we got, we got a couple wins under our belt, you know, kind of mid to late in the season. Uh, we're pretty happy with that. We're going to put a bow on it. You've come out swinging early this season. I mean, consistently, we, you know, we're kind of doing this power rankings thing and I've had to put you in, in the system every week since we've started doing it, which means you've been in the top 10 every week, if not the top five. Uh, in fact, uh, five top fives, three top, uh, excuse me, five top tens, three top fives, and now a feature win to go with it, man, you gotta be, if you don't set expectations, it's probably a good thing because I think they would be pretty high for the remainder of the season at this point. Uh, having one feature win and, you know, as you started the interview with looking at the fact that you probably should have had two. Yeah, I uh, I didn't expect to do this good. I honestly, being a new car and whatnot, I had, I was hoping, and then coming off of last year and what I had and when them getting rid of it and in the back of my head thinking, I hope this doesn't go bad because I'm going to regret getting rid of that and even getting back into this and doing this. But no, it's like Masters built, they, they build good cars and they, uh, they want all their cars to do good and they don't care whether you bought your car off of somebody you didn't buy it directly from them. They don't care. They want their stuff to do good. So I've gotten pretty good friends with Josh down there that 
I mean, he builds all the chassis and whatnot, so I feel like he's a pretty good guy to be friends with and whatnot, and he's worked there forever and all that, and Tater and Gerald and all of them, like, they're, they're great people. You can call them anytime, and they'll answer their phones and whatnot, um, and just shock people and all that. Just being, I don't know, getting good equipment and getting good uh well, I can't think of the word. But like getting the feedback. Just getting, good kind of, kind of getting good feedback, yeah. getting good help. They, uh, they're they always there to help you, and they want you to do good and whatnot. And, I mean, to me, it's kind of a no-brainer as far as the chassis because, I mean, how long has Eric Spangler ran havoc on everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have the same car, have the same car and stuff that he's got. I mean – they're they're obviously good cars and whatnot. I, they just they don't have the national scene that like the Rockets and the Longhorns get. I think it's a lot of hype. I don't think a lot of people just gravitate towards that stuff because that's what all the national guys got. Blah blah blah. But but Ryan, isn't it isn't it a lot what you're comfortable with? I mean, we we've, we've talked to guys that get a Longhorn. And they say, I, I hate this thing. I, I, I need, I want to get my rocket back. You know, I, I guess it's yeah. all comfort level and what, and what you're comfortable driving. Right. And that, that's it too. I mean, every car has different uh, characteristics and how they drive and how they want to be drove. Like I hear the rockets are straight sideways. The more, the, the harder you drive it, the matter you drive it, the better it drives, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. The Longhorns, those you got to drive them straight. You can't get them sideways, or you lose all your traction. Which those were kind of the way the old rockets used to be and whatnot. And yeah, they, I mean they all fit your driving style. So, what do you got though? Now, now that we're a few races into the season, um, what are you looking at? Uh, you know, for the for the last part of May and beginning of June on your schedule. Uh, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, the Tri City on Fridays, Merritt Saturdays, and in between the challenge series, whenever those pop up, I mean, those always pay good and whatnot. And Mike's always done good with that. Um, I like it cause I get to run with those guys. I like running that group guys, obviously. Um, they all seem to race pretty good together. Um, but that's hopefully just top tens, top fives and more wins. Now you got a, you got a pretty busy door and quarter panels on that, on that 11 X machine. Um, and I know those guys all help you. Uh, now's your shot to give them a shout out. Tell, tell everybody who gets you down the road. Yeah, we, uh, we gained a few this year. I really focused on trying to get more sponsors, get more help, uh, help my wallet out more just so we can perform better, get better equipment, whatnot. Um, Mike's custom tile. They uh, came on board this year. He's a big supporter. Midland Steel, uh, Hilliker Glass, Gilbo's Lock and Safe, Bob's Auto Detailing and Sales, a boutique by Rachel Clark. She's new this year. Uh, Racer Speed Shop, um, Cheryl's Alterations and more. Uh, Mid-Michigan Hydraulic Repair, Wide Open Graphics, uh, Mastersville Race Cars, of course, uh, Cornet Racing Engines, uh, Pure Max Racing Oil, NB Suspension, Bill Stein Shock Absorbers, and I believe that's all. And I got to thank my wife. 
Ryan, how do you manage expectations now? Uh, one win should have been two top fives every, or excuse me, top tens every time you hit the track. Um, you just kind of said, hopefully, rack up more top tens, top fives, and more wins. Do you have numbers? I mean, do you do you do you have a, a mindset of where you'd like to be this time come you know October or September when when it's time to take the body off and send the engine off to get refreshed? I mean, uh, I've. To start out this way, obviously, I mean, I, you got to have high expectations. I mean, to carry them that long, I hope we can. Um, like I said, I don't know what's in the cards from now till October, but hopefully it all stays the way it's going now. And, I mean, I'd be tickled pink if we could get a few more wins. Yeah. I think I had three last year. If I could get five this year, I know that's I, – I hate putting numbers on things, but – if I could get five, I think I would be happy. All right, there you go. So now, here's the thing: if it's if it's not put down anywhere, it's just a dream. Now it's a goal. It's put down. It's in the podcast. Now you got goals, uh, and you can pursue them. And one more thing too: I'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. It was a double winning weekend for you. Um, I saw that your son uh, was able to put that one sixteen in victory lane as well. Yeah, he. Uh, well, <laughs> he's undefeated this year. He hasn't lost a feature yet. Let's go. Um, I think he's got. I think he's got five features, uh, and I think he's only lost two heat races, and he's got second in both of those. So he's he's doing really well. That indoor series, if anybody has uh, kids getting into mini wedges or whatnot, and they really want to help them, I mean, that winter series, it might be hectic because it's a small track and whatnot and all that, but it really helped him as far as his patience and whatnot. I mean, cause you're always, you always have a car in front of you, whether you're leading or you're in the pack, there's always a car in front of you just cause the track is so small and whatnot, but it, it gave him, I think it taught him patience and whatnot. And you can see it on the dirt. Like he's a lot in his decision-making and whatnot. It's a lot better. Um, I guess it's a good and thing. It just comes with time last year being his first year or whatnot. This being a second. I mean, it just comes with age. I guess I think I think it's cool that some of this is, you know, Ryan gets to take the credit because if he didn't come back racing, that's what I was going to say. Either would either would his son, right? I was going to say. I guess it's a good thing you decided to spend a couple thousand dollars on a new race car. Yep. Yep. I guess. (laughs) <laughs> that makes it all worth it well hey man uh yep. congratulations uh and, uh and and you know talking about your kid i know you're sitting there uh hopefully hopefully not taking a foul ball through the uh, windshield of the truck so um appreciate oh. making, making time to uh, chat with us congratulations on the win man and, and really congratulations on the momentum you've got going this season that 11 car uh I, i'll be honest with you when i i open up the results and start putting them together i i go wow how about ryan that is pretty cool and uh, you've been you've been running strong, so good good job, good luck the rest of the season too, man. Looking forward to seeing what you do. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Well, appreciate Ryan making time to uh, chat with us, and uh, man, what a what a performance, um, and man. I like I said, I've never heard anybody be so dejected about winning a feature on our show. Have you <laughs> have you ever heard anything like that? I, I don't know that he was dejected about winning the feature. I think he's dejected because he should have had two in a row, and he probably knows it. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, that's just, he had a chance to sweep and he had a strong, he had a really, really strong field last week when he finished second. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at the rundown and it is everyone that was there and he still was runner up uh, and had a chance to win that race. But uh, after that performance, you knew 
the first win of 2023 was coming pretty soon. By the way, I never really gave you the rundown. Uh, Spangler finishes second, Thurlby third, Riley Knoll kind of coming into his own in fourth. Watch this cat, Austin Harnick, finishing fifth, the former, um, what, what are they calling? I want to say sportsman, but that's not right. Pro stock, pro stock. former pro stock uh, champion at Merritt Speedway, now in a super late model and really doing a good job. Stephen Hilliker, sixth, seventh, Bobby Timmer, eighth, Chase Berta, who fresh off of his Birch Run Speedway win with the Jag CRA All-Stars Tour. Ninth, Wyatt Baker and uh, Dan Hersey. Nice run for Dan, rounding out the top ten. So there you go. That brings us to the final segment of the night, Rich. And I'm going to start with you. I know it's not how the uh, order of the show is laid out, but I'm going to start with you because Flat Rock Speedway, heading into one of their biggest – can you say that now that you had an Arca East race? I don't know. Uh, but, but heading into one of their traditionally biggest weekends of the season. Tell me about the Joy Fair Memorial 100. Yep, we, we got the early, way too early to call entry list, but we got the start yes. of it. So I'm just going to throw out some teaser names here, Zach, that are entered for Saturday's Joy Fair Memorial 100. Uh, Brian Bergaker. Uh, the guy, he's going for like you can five in a row I was gonna say, in a row. Might as well just stop there because it's basically the Brian Bergaker Joy Fair Memorial 100, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know that that's going to be the case this year because Justin Clardy's coming back okay. uh, after after his win on opening night. Uh, he's not on the list yet, but he will be. Uh, let me see. Paul Pelletier, Connor Zabosian, Chris Benson already has a win. He picked up the win uh, a week ago. Uh, Scott Pemberton, Scott Hance, and Craig Everidge all pre-entered already on the very first entry list, which is going to change between now and Friday a bunch. That's right. Um, and also, so 100 laps for the Outlaw Super Late Models. Also, for the first time since 2007, the Midwest Modified Tour, Zach, will be at the Flat Rock Speedway. We'll see our friend Matt Preer probably uh, there with the Midwest Modified Tour. And I expect a very good count for the Modifieds. And they should put on a whale of a show at Flat Rock. All right. Uh, so that'll be on Saturday. That's correct, right? Saturday night at Flat Rock Speedway? That's right. 7 o'clock race time. Also, street stocks get a week off, so figure eights will be in action on Saturday as well. All right. Sounds like a good pavement program. If you're looking for a good dirt program, I invite you to head a little bit further north than Flat Rock Speedway, where uh, Matt Hoonout and his team have put together a really fantastic schedule at Silver Bullet Speedway up in Owendale, Michigan. Beautiful drive. And uh, if you ever thought you've seen too many windmills, trust me, you will feel that way after you get done going to Silver Bullet Speedway. And you don't have a lot of jingle in the pocket, Silver Bullet Speedway's got the program for you. It is Fan Appreciation Night at Silver Bullet Speedway. And, uh, Rich, these are always popular. $5 bill. If you can scrape together $5 worth of quarters, $5 worth of dollar bills, $5 worth of stock exchange, whatever you can find. I, I don't know about the stock exchange thing. Probably stick to U.S. currency. Um, but if you can find 5 bucks, you can see a really great program. IMCA Modifieds, Pro Late Models, Bullet Stocks, which, by the way, bullet stocks, uh, we put up a poll on Sunday about racing in, in Michigan, where you saw your best race. A lot of people saying that they saw their best race come out of a street stock or, you know, that sort of division. I mean, bullet stocks are no different. They put on a whale of a show up there at Silver Bullet. I know you've never been, but that street stock class kind of universally across the state has been really good this year. It, it is, whether it's on pavement or dirt, Zach. And it's right in the middle. It's really affordable for, you know, I mean, you, you can go out and, and really uh, get into some good racing, get some good competition. 
when you can't afford getting in a super late model or you want something more than a, a four cylinder or, right. or something like that, you know, and it's the perfect division and you find a lot of drivers gravitate to that mid range yep. and boy, they put on a heck of a show wherever they're at. Uh, of course, uh, Michigan street stocks will be there as well as uh, mini wedges that'll round out the, uh, the program fan appreciation night, silver bullet speedway, just $5 to get through the front door for uh, all the fans who are going to attend Silver Bullet. And then, of course, also on Saturday, a lot of Saturday promotion this week, but Saturday's a big day for Memorial Day weekend. Great Lakes Super Sprints will be in action at Crystal Motor Speedway. This the first time that the Super Sprints will get a chance to unload at Crystal because earlier in the year, that program got washed away, so uh, they were unable to get that show in. So this is the next scheduled date to go there for uh, the Super Sprints. And I'm just going to throw in, just because I'm going to be there Friday night, Yes, Toledo Speedway. Two, two divisions, first time ever at Toledo Speedway. The Ohio Wheelman Series, a lot of props with that series uh, developed. They are going to be at the at the Toledo Speedway on Friday night. And first time ever, the National Compact Touring Series, presented by RevX, going to be at the Toledo Speedway as well. That, Zach, and we've seen them race before, uh, that should be a heck of a show on the half-mile high bank. That's right. Should be a good one for sure. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's program, jam-packed and full of stuff, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed what we had for you tonight. I want to say thanks to uh, Mark Shook and uh, Ryan Lanford for making time to join us. I want to say thanks to uh, everybody who welcomed us into their racetracks over the weekend. Uh, again, good job to Rich France for the ARCA race on Saturday. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, Go back with your Flow Racing subscription and check it out. It was a really good race. Um, that uh, If you can make it through the first 100, the final 50, are, it really kind of comes alive and, and pretty gets pretty entertaining. So uh, go back and, and enjoy that. Make sure you get to a racetrack this weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. Bring the camper. Do a little mini tour. Hit up a couple of racetracks. Some fan appreciation nights going on. Uh, uh, don't forget about Silver Bullet with their $5 night. Don't forget about Flat Rock Speedway with the Joy Fair Memorial 100. That'll be a fantastic show as well. So for Scott Miller who pays the bills, Rich France, who does pretty much uh, anything that we ask him to for now, I'm Zach Heiser saying thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happening. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.